This is Sunday to Sunday. A podcast that highlights how everyone's vision for success and the journey to get there is unique. I'm Dean Isaacson. And I'm Andre DaVinci. Let's get real. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us for our third episode of Sunday to Sunday. Today's guest is Aaron Miller, the CEO of Out There Productions. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to start off just by giving us a quick intro about yourself, what you do, and an elevator pitch for what you're currently working on? Yeah. So, hello, everyone. My name is Erin. I am a filmmaker, film producer, and overall advertising kind of fiend. Um, I'm currently working on relocating to Austin, Texas to sort of get my foot on the ground and sort of learn about film distribution and sort of figure out the tech scene over there. Um, that's currently what I'm up to. Um, last year I was on a road trip on a school bus around the country where I made explainer videos for small businesses and startups. And that was super cool. Um, I learned from that experience that I would love to live in an apartment in one spot, hence Texas. That's what I'm up to next. Awesome. So a quick couple things about Erin. She has a new beer blog called We Like Tall Boys. It's a collaborative beer blog for cheap beers hosted with or written with Natalie Weissnet. You can follow Erin on Twitter at, at Aaron the Miller. And she has a new movie coming out called No Nuts. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And her company, again, is called Out There Productions. Check them out at OTPros. That's O-T-P-R-O-S dot co. Hey, everyone. All right. So <clears throat> I guess we'll just dive in here. Um, during uh, earlier conversations, we touched on how you got started with Out There Productions and uh, the journey began all with a bus. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and the struggles leading up to getting to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So I knew that I wanted to have a space where I could make stuff, but I didn't really know where I wanted to be geographically. Um, that thought hadn't come to me yet. So um, about like my sophomore year in college, I met some guys that had found a really big like 60 foot school bus and converted it into a like mobile living and working space. And I was like, hey, I could do that. So um with sort of the traction that I built with my company, I launched a crowd crowdfunding campaign and I raised about 9,000 bucks on Indiegogo to like, to just telling people like, Hey, I want to buy a bus. And I want to go around the country and make films. Um, and then I pitched that same concept at a um, business competition and raised an additional 6,500 bucks. So I initially got like a free bus out of all of my efforts, which was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty challenging just like try and get the whole thing because asking people for money for an old vehicle is kind of sketch. But I think that everyone overcame that fear and sort of uncertainty just by saying like, Oh, Hey, okay. Like I've seen that you did so many of these things in the past. Like, here, I'll toss you a bone and go do your next adventure because I want to be a part of it and see you like do what you're going to do. So definitely overcame that struggle. But yeah, I was super, 
super cool, super successful, I'd say. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, like there's so many different aspects of, you know, your journey without their productions, buying the bus, living on the bus, raising the money. I want to go a little bit more into how you raised that money in the first place on Indiegogo. I mean, that's freaking incredible. One that you raised the nine grand and that you won that business competition for 6,500. What was the process like reaching out to friends, putting the Indiegogo campaign together? Like how much effort, resources, and time did it take to put the campaign together? And then what was your uh, direction that you went in when you were approaching people and reaching out to people to potentially donate? Yeah, for sure. So crowdfunding is no easy thing. It's not like you set up a page and then like magical money just comes in out of nowhere. So you sort of have to have a plan going in. Um, For us, we sort of were building our parachute after we jumped out of the plane. Um, But what we did was basically we launched it at a strategic time. It was like a month before we were graduating we mostly used Facebook and Facebook Live to sort of talk to our personal networks about what we were doing. Um, and just keeping that on top of everybody's mind made them more likely to contribute to our campaign. So definitely Facebook Live because, you know, everybody in your network gets a notification when you go live on Facebook. I don't know if that's like still a thing, but that happened when we were like advertising our campaign. And that really, really cool. helped because we would get like $400 in 30 minutes because people were like, oh, snap, I didn't contribute yet. Um, and then like wow. another sort of strategy was just sending out emails to people in your like your sort of LinkedIn realm. So sort of more, less warm connections. You're just like, hey, just following up with you. Um, hope all is well. This is what I'm up to. Definitely check it out here. And this sort of conversion rate is the more eyeballs you get on your crowdfunding campaign page, the more money you're likely to get uh, to contribute to your project. Very cool. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about what it was like that you're living on the bus. What you, where, what city you got, you guys went to companies and different entrepreneurs you worked with and just the overall experience of that whole nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So living in a van or living in a bus is just, it's like everybody's Instagram dream. Um, It's definitely harder to do it in real life. Let me just put it out there, friends. But um, it's like you got to get insurance and license plates for the bus and then like definitely renovate it. But honestly, like it was kind of a dream. Maybe it wasn't Instagram like worthy, but it was pretty cool living on the bus. It was honestly like living in an open triple dorm room, uh, which is like fun, but also no personal space. There were three <laughs> of you? Yeah, there were three of us. Oh, wow. For a year. Can you believe? That's crazy. How big was the bus? Um, The bus was probably the size of like, a small studio. It was like, so it was 30 feet long and then like probably six feet wide and then about seven feet tall. So it was a, it was a short bus, but it was honestly, um, it was enough room to be comfortable and it was enough room to like store all of our stuff. So we drove, we bought the bus in upstate New York, drove it to California to get all the paperwork done. We got like a temporary license plates that lasted like a couple weeks. So, but we drove the bus from one 
like side of the country to the other in six days. And it was like, it was nuts. We had just graduated and I basically slept the whole time because I was so exhausted. Um, and then sort of took the summer off and then took the entire year of 2017 to like start from the Bay Area in California from my parents' garage to like Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, San Antonio, Texas, Waco, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Texas is so big. Um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I might have skipped something in the middle. But like we sort of took a southern route back to Syracuse. And we took a southern route because it was going to be warmer and we were all just like, trying to avoid the winters. Um, but yeah, it, we went to 22 states in a year and that was fun and wild. Wow. But definitely, definitely fun living in that bus, I'd say. That's awesome. So what were some of the other productions you worked on uh, like along the way? So you weren't just like, you know, like traveling for traveling's sake. You were traveling for production's sake. You were a business, right? So what were some of these different entrepreneurs and companies you were working with and what were some of the what was some of the work you were doing for them yeah um so our our basic pitch that we did so when we came to new city we did a six minute pitch at um the coffin foundation's one million cups meetup which mm -hmm. happens in like over a hundred cities across the state like across the country and it happens every wednesday at nine o'clock in the morning so we knew consistently that we'd have a place to pitch wherever we went. And what is so, One Million Cups? Yeah, yeah. so One Million Cups is like, it's a meetup for entrepreneurs who have ideas and they pitch it to sort of like prominent movers and shakers of each city. So there's one in Syracuse. It's like recently it has ended, but it's, it's this meetup is in like a bunch of different cities across the country. And all we would have to do is find like the city that's hosting this meetup. And then we would apply to pitch. And then once we were accepted, we would drive there and then we would pitch our company. So the people like at these meetups are like entrepreneurs themselves, people who've started their own companies, probably like chamber of commerce folks. Um, and then like maybe even like the mayor people um, in local government. So it was a perfect audience for us. So we would pitch um, that we were a mobile production company, that we had like pretty good quality or we were very qualified to make like explainer videos and that we were sort of like filmmakers in this niche of economic development. And like we would almost immediately make a sale from like every time we would pitch. Wow. And so some of the projects that we worked on like ranged from tech startups so there's like an internet of things company called Sunport. And what they do is they make like these little um, plugs that plug into your like outlet and it monitors how much electricity that you use from that specific plug. And so that electricity is deducted from a solar, uh, like a place that has solar panels. And so that, um, amount of electricity that you use is deducted from your electric bill because you've used it through solar from a different place. So it's like, it's kind of hard to understand and hard to explain. And that's why they needed a video to sort of like explain how to use this little tiny, like plug thing. Um, 
So we, we like parked our bus in front of their office and we cranked out a video in 10 hours. And I think just like we did a lot of on-site production and that provided a lot of value for people because it was like, dude, we have a really fast turnaround. Tell us what you need. Boom, we got it. So like that was one of the cool projects we worked on in Albuquerque, um, New Mexico. And then I'll just tell you about like one other project in Fort Worth, Texas. We, we worked for a publishing company that basically um, it's like a writing is therapy kind of program. And there's a single, single man that runs the entire operation. His name is Eric Jones. And he, he like goes to schools where it's like these kids that go to these schools, they're like high school age, but they're one step away from like being in juvenile hall or like oh, wow. jail. And he goes there and he like tells them like, yo, we've all gone through like some crap, like definitely use, like you can write stories about the, the stuff that you've gone through. And he like encourages you, um, facilitates writing workshops for these kids. And like they write their stories and then he publishes them in a book. And then every time that he sells a book, each author gets like three bucks. So it's like, it's a sort of like giving back thing. And then it also like helps these kids who are in like sort of a dark place, get into like entrepreneurship and creating art and telling their story. So we helped him like brand his entire idea and we did like a ton of video for him. And that was like one of the coolest projects that we did on the road. That's okay. Crazy. That's really cool. It's, it sounds like you've had a lot of success doing what you do. And I'm curious, especially leading off of that last statement of how he took troubled youth and gave them exposure to entrepreneurial opportunities for you in your life. What was the first time you ever dove into the entrepreneurial world or your first entrepreneurial experience? together <laughs> yeah um so i think i i feel like i've always sort of had the entrepreneurship bug which is the, what people call it i guess um but <laughs> i just did it because i was like yo i can make money off of things that i make because people like like what i'm creating so like my brother and i used to make comic books like we were literally like George and Harold from Captain Underpants, like we made comic books and then like snuck into the, the principal's office to make like copies. And then we would sell like our comic books for 25 cents to people. And then we would use that money to like go to the movies and then also to make more comic books. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, it was super cool. And then that's sort of like translate. <laughs> Like on a movie related sort of vein, I started like I learned how to make popcorn from scratch, like in a pot and like with oil. And then you sort of like shake the pot and you make like popcorn from scratch. Have you ever had that? I don't know. Maybe at some point in my life. It's like it's better than like microwave popcorn because like you know it's in it. Yeah. Like there's no there's no mystery stuff in it. But anyway, so I learned how to like do that and Honestly, like you can make the, you know, like those festival size popcorn bags, like you can make that for like less than a dollar. And then I would sell that for $2 on campus. And like popcorn is a great, like it's great snack. Like salty. Oh, this was in college. Huh? No, 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 no. This was in high school when like okay, everybody's oh going through puberty and like always hungry. Oh, so 
capitalize on timeliness. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. So I would sell popcorn like at high school and it would make like dank cash. And I would use that to go to the movies as well. And then like actually have a savings. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. That was my journey. Yo. Unreal. Unreal. So what are you up to now? So out there productions, the bus journey, that was that whole year long trip. That was a year ago, right? Like it ended like, yeah. What, when, what was the time frame for that? And what's been going on since then? Yeah. So the time frame for the entire bus trip was legit August to August. So August 20, 2017 to August, 2018. And, um, August, 2018 hasn't happened yet. Oh, my bad. August twenty. <laughs> Called out. August 2016. August 2017. Boom. Nailed it. That makes sense. Cool. Yep. That's unreal. So August 2017 to what's now? End of May 2018. What's yeah. been going on? Oh, man. So as soon as we parked the bus, we, um, we jumped into a local production called No Nuts. Um, and so this is like a locally made short film and there's another production company located in Syracuse that, um, like they make socially sort socially forward films. So things that have like a theme that people can like talk about and, um, like sort of like giving back to the community in a sort of way. Um, that's their entire feel. Like, I feel like out there productions, ours is just like being crazy and being everywhere. And, um, like this other production company, they're called et cetera pictures. Um, their, their sort of main brand is just community-based storytelling. So after like being on the bus for a year and making commercials for like people to make sales, um it, that was great it definitely like fed my hunger for like helping out entrepreneurs and people who are trying to like make new technologies or sort of change the world in their way um I wanted to sort of give back to a community that I had called home and so I'm glad like when I got back to Syracuse there was an opportunity for me to do that through film so definitely jumped on board as a co-producing company for this film called No Nuts. And basically the premise for the film is that it's a, it's a short film. It's a romantic comedy that takes place at a summer camp called Camp No Nuts. And there are two camp counselors at this camp um, who like fall in love and... <laughs> It's called Camp No Nuts because um, it's for kids who have nut allergies. And so when these two camp counselors fall in love, like smaller versions of themselves pop into reality and they try and force each other to eat like peanut butter sandwiches, which is like a huge metaphor for like engaging and acting upon like love. It's really, really abstract, but let me tell you, it's cute. It's cute. Oh, that's awesome. What's the update on it? Mm. So, um, yeah, so during that time, we're still working on it. We're, we're like super close to being done. Um, but in like the entire process that we made it happen, we launched a Kickstarter campaign, raised $20,000. Oh my gosh. I can't even think what? of how much money we raised. Oh yeah, we raised, God. 
I think we raised twenty thousand dollars. I should really look this up. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we raised basically discussing amount of money for this short film, and then um, we made it happen. We had forty, no, yeah, like forty professional people in a film crew um, work on it, and then we had eleven local kids star in it. And we facilitated this workshop before we shot it, where we're like, hey this is how it's like to work on a film set. And this is what it's like to act on a film set. And we basically like talk kids about the film industry and sort of how it operates and how they could tell their story um, sort of like through film. And then after that weekend, we took a week to film the entire, um, the entire film. And like the film is 10 minutes long and we were literally pulling like 20 hour days. And I wow. was like, this is wild. Um, but yeah, so right now we are finishing up the original soundtrack and yeah, we're hoping to submit it to fall festivals like Sundance, South by Southwest, Tribeca. Um, that's awesome. It's gonna be cool. So be on the lookout, everyone. It's gonna be freaking sweet. I'm very excited for it. So Aaron, yeah. at the same time you were doing all of this in Syracuse, New York, working on the No Nuts production. You were also working with Syracuse University and their idea to start up entrepreneurial program, uh, especially in the iSchool at Syracuse. And I know we went on an immersion trip to New York together where you were a chaperone and helped lead that trip. You want to tell a little bit about your experience there, what you were helping them with uh, and all that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, so I was super fortunate to um, be approached for a position at Syracuse University um, through a program that I am an alumni of, and it's the Information Technology Design and Startups Program, which was my minor. It's Dean's minor, um, and yeah. basically, it's like a it's a minor program that gives you time in your like curriculum to start your business to like sort of accelerate an idea from just like an idea in your notebook to an actual business that's like giving you revenue. So when I went through that program it, at school, like it actually prepped me enough to like actually jump full time into out there productions after I graduated. So it was thick. And I think the timing really worked out because when I came back to Syracuse, the university was like, Oh yo, like help us promote this program. You've had so much success um, and like definitely help us tell other students that you did that. So they'll sign up for it. So it's like, oh, yeah, for sure. So um, in addition to just doing like marketing, class visits, sort of like one on one talks with students, I also facilitated these immersion experience trips, um, which are actually part of the IDS curriculum. Like you can take. Um, like you can go on one of these trips and it'll count like as a class for your minor. And basically what it is, is a week, it's a week long trip in a different city where you sort of examine the tech and entrepreneurship scene in these cities and sort of learn what it's like to live and work um, in these specific cities. So the cities that we go to, like we as the information school, um, are New York City, uh, Seattle and Portland, uh, uh, Silicon Valley in San Francisco, Chicago, and now Dublin, Ireland. 
Yeah. And Eurotech and uh, Asiatech also. Yeah. So those are like, those are a little bit different. Um, those are not, like not part of IDS curriculum, but yeah, it's like sort of similar concept. Um, yeah. So basically like students go on these trips and they get their foot inside of tech companies where there are Syracuse alumni. So big places like Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then maybe some other smaller companies that you probably don't hear in the news every day. And some companies that are like just starting out of people's garages and students get to see like different sized companies and where they might fit in and what culture they like best. So it's sort of like a really cathartic trip that I get to like post students on and I get it to like photo and video as well as sort of facilitating the whole flow. Um, and I love going on these trips. Like I went with Dean on the New York city trip and, and I just, <laughs> and I just came back from the Chicago trip and it's really, really great just to see like people who are not really sure what they're, what they're passionate about or what they want to do, like go into this trip, like whole, like totally immersed in it and then come out sort of realizing something about themselves that they didn't know before. Like, holy shit. Like I didn't think I would want to move to Chicago, but here I am kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. That sounds great. That sounds really amazing. So it sounds like from the no nuts thing to this, in a previous conversation we had about uh, a camp experience you had back in 2013 that you really enjoy helping people, whether it's teaching them something new or helping them to discover a path for themselves um, on an entrepreneurial standpoint or not. Out of all those experiences where you're interacting with people and helping them find their way, so to speak, what has been the biggest takeaway from those experiences for you? Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess like sort of the biggest takeaway of helping other people is that it like in turn is sort of like opens up this little mushy flower inside of me. That's sort of like I learn so much when I help other people. And then when I help people, like it sort of changes how I'll help another person in the future. And I feel like you get so much return from helping someone. So like the first video I ever made for out there productions. Um, the, the person that used it, they used it to raise like $4 million for their startup, which is dope. Like that's a dope like return on helping someone and like that's monetary, but like for some other things, it's like you can get a different type of return, which like my dad and I call soul currency. And so like, there's just a recent connection that I made on the Chicago trip with a student. And I'm like, dude, so what do you want to do? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Like he's actually this darling child of Syracuse university. And he's just like a poor lost puppy and like trying to figure out what to do next. And he's like, yo, like I, my family and I, we run this, like, um, this house that helps kids that were in an orphanage sort of like transition to being adopted kind of thing. And he's like, I might do that. And I was like, holy crap, what? Tell me more about that. And it sort of like led to an opportunity that like I might get to be a part of in the future where it's like get to go to Guatemala and sort of like help people in other countries like go from different like life, uh, like life chapters. 
So I don't know. It's just like whenever you help someone, you sort of like figure out stories that you may or may not be able to contribute to or be a part of. And like, that's what I'm always looking for. You know, like I didn't know no nuts was happening until I talked to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, like next week we start filming no nuts. Like want to be a part of it. And I think like opportunities happen when you put yourself like out there and they, those opportunities will come to you rather than like you sending your resume online to like the ether and not knowing what'll happen to it. So that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. I would have to agree. Uh, curating relationships. And I mentioned this before in one of our earlier podcasts, Dean has really helped me uh, cause he's amazing at maintaining relationships. And for me, that's like a weakness of mine. I'm horrible at maintaining web relationships i get in the zone and i just zone out and nobody exists um but doing that definitely helps create inbound traffic so you don't have to put in as much work to get leads for whatever it is that you're working on so for anybody who is thinking of starting an entrepreneurial journey or even people who might not even know they want to be self-employed or have their own thing what would be your number one golden advice for them yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're a student at Syracuse University, go on an immersion trip and you'll figure out what you like and what you don't like. For those of you who don't go to Syracuse University, um, for the world, hey, I would say just like go somewhere and put yourself out of your comfort zone. And from that experience, like it'll force you to sort of meet people and depend on people. So I guess the sort of like, overarching thing is like go to a different country and like do a program like a study abroad program or something like where you volunteer and like help build wells or something or just do something in a place where you've never been um and I think that's what I did like on the road when I was going to cities I'd never been before or like when I studied abroad and I went to South America you sort of like you're in a new place that's not your home and you're trying to find people who are interested in the same things as you. So that is like a super, super hard thing to do. But once you figure out how to navigate sort of being like reborn in a new geographic area, then you basically realize how small the world is. And you're like, oh, okay. Like now I know what to do when I go to my next place. So that's like a big metaphor for entrepreneurship, <laughs> but like definitely do some self-discovery and realize how you operate and how you can create relationships and how you could create a product. Um, so that like, you know, whether or not you want to be an entrepreneur and then how you could approach it, whether or not you are one. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, one last thing, this is something we're trying to ask everyone who's on the show, including us when we did the first episode, is what does success mean to you? And at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, what will it look like to you? Uh, what, what does success mean to you in the end when you've mm. done everything you can do? Yeah. So this is like a super, super interesting question. Um, because 
it's hard to like sort of mark down, like, this is my golden time of success. Like I am successful when I've reached this like point. And I feel like I am never satisfied. And whenever I think that I reach a successful point, I'm like, well, yeah, we've reached this point, but we're really successful when this happens. So like identify the sales funnel process. Be like, I'll be successful when I've closed a sale with someone, when I meet someone who wants to do a sale with me. And then you meet that person. You're like, well, I will, this will be successful when they sign a contract. And then they sign the contract and it's like, okay, okay, okay. Like this will be successful when we finish the project. You finish the project and you're like, no, 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 this isn't success until we get like our paycheck for it. And then you get your paycheck for it. And it's like, okay, we're not successful until like our paychecks can pay like all of the bills that we have for the company. So it's like constantly pushing forward, like your perception of success. And I think like when you reach those small steps, it's definitely like a little tiny, like hooray, like small successes are dope. But for me, I think just like, the process and the evolution and the discoveries that people make during this process are successes for me. So right now, so I'm moving to Texas, which means that I'm going to be not in the same place as the three people who ran out their productions out of the school bus. And some people might see that as a fail, like, Oh, okay. We're all going in different directions. We're not going to be in the same place operating this company. Like, has the LLC failed? Has Out There Production failed? And I sort of, like, I took a step back and I was like, hey, guys, like, what is your main priority right now? What is your priority? And for one of my co-founders, she said that her priority right now is her health. Because, like, a week before we started our road trip, she got into this, like, freak accident and had to like postpone her involvement in our road trip for a month because she was in the hospital with her like jaw wired shut. It was like really Kanye. Um, so like she's still recovering from that. And like wow. her, she has realized through our journey that her priority is health right now. For my other co-founder, his priority is that he wants to um, join seminary school. So he wants to be a pastor and he has understood through this journey, through helping people in this entrepreneurial way that he wants to help in a different way. And he's like always knew that he wanted to do something like that, but now he has realized that that's his priority. And for me through this entire journey, I realized my priority is my family and I want to sort of make that my focus. And by doing that in a way, in a process that we sort of established that's very hands-on, very immersive, very high impact, like none of us could focus on our priorities. So like maybe that is a fail for a company that it didn't address that. But like for me, I see it as success that we realize what is most important to us in this moment. So like, what does that mean for the company going forward? I, well, we're keeping the LLC open because like that's, I, I'm going to run that and it'll transform into whatever it will transform. It's going to be shifted into a, a sole proprietorship. And um, my two co-founders will still have their handprint 
on like the entire skeleton of what we created about their productions and like the legacy that we've made already. Um, and then it'll transform into something different. Like, and I think that's super cool. I think out there is like this dope idea and it's like this energy ball that can transform something into like something amazing. So we'll see what happens next. I'm pretty open to it. I think that, um, yeah, just like that whole ending that sort of like success rant is just that like entrepreneurship and success is like a lot more personal than just like making money and making sales and doing invoices and stuff. And it definitely like, you have to be super, super in tune with who you are. And I think if something like entrepreneurship can do that for you and sort of get you in tune with what your priority is, then that in itself is a success. That's so cool. Thank you so much, Aaron. That was really incredible. Thank you for everything you do for, you know, everything at Syracuse, everything you do for other people and just being an incredible human being and keep killing it. I know you're going to kill it in Austin and yeah. Thanks Best of wishes here. to you. And like Dean said, thanks for joining us on pair campus. Yeah. yeah. Thanks friends. Appreciate it. Yeah, Good time. 100%. 100%. So thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of Sunday to Sunday. Make sure to check out all of Aaron's stuff. We'll link all of her accounts and stuff to check out in the different descriptions. And thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time. 